This one's for the culture. Me and wifey in the room thinking of a master plan Thinking how we can influence the culture from where we stand Knowing that our steps are ordered by the master's hand Still ten toes down, we ain't switching up the stance The mission of this music Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Bond Chronicles. Chronicles This is episode 7, lucky number 7 My favorite number 7, just had a birthday on April 7th Hey. So we got a lot to get into today uh, We've touched on a bunch of different topics uh, in the 6 previous episodes Some have been fun, some have been controversial, some have been kind of gut-wrenching, but ultimately we give you all of us. Uh, so today we want to give a little bit more insight into who we are. So we're going to get into a couple things. So we appreciate y'all joining in. We appreciate the love, the support, the subscribers. Y'all keep running them up. Yay, so, yeah. Yes, indeed. So please we're in continue. double digits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, the views continue to do really well, very consistent. I appreciate that. I'm sure my lovely host appreciates it. So just continue to do that. Remember, like, share, subscribe, get the word out. Um, as we continue to build, we'll be able to do even more and more and more. So without further ado, I am your lovely, gracious, super awesome, Ready to go on vacation, happily <laughs> celebrating the Bird year. For those of you who don't know, Larry Bird was number 33, sports legend. So now you know my age because I like to share and overshare. Um, and I am Mr. Raymond Bond. I am Mr. Ray Bond on Twitter and Mr. Bond Chronicles on Instagram. And my lovely host sitting here is... Mrs. Bond Chronicles on Instagram. Ms. Bond Chronicles on Twitter. <laughs> Um, and we are here uh, on the Bond Chronicles episode. So, we got into a episode, I don't know which number it was, because uh, time flies and you're having fun, right? Uh, but we got into music earlier on in the lifespan of this podcast. And so, this week we want to get into TV shows. And so, I feel like it's only proper that we start with our favorite TV shows, to give you guys a little bit of insight into us. So... I'll start and I'll uh, let you dig deep into that vault of knowledge you have over there. Oh today. yeah. Um, I am someone who I'm a I'm a viewer. I'm a visual learner. Um, I like to be entertained. I like watching things. A lot of people say you should read. I do read, but I also would rather watch documentaries versus read a biography per se. Uh, that's just who I am. Nothing against those people who do read. Uh, so in my life, like your wife, <laughs> I feel like you don't read much now. Since I don't been know. Married, yeah, I don't really have the time like I used to. You have a lot of time. Uh, Maybe not today, but early on in the relationship, you had a lot of time. I mean, yeah. That's how you watched a thousand Naruto episodes and a thousand One Punch Man's and all those other animes you watched. Yeah, true enough. Um, actually, have you even read the book that I bought you? I didn't know you read it before. Have you since read it? Yeah. They're after watching God? Yeah. Yeah, I've read it once, not like a bunch of times. Since, since we since you I gave it, it to me? Yeah. Oh, I've never seen you read it. Um, <laughs> but so for TV, it's a it's a big part of my life, it's a big part of our lives. There's a number of shows we watch together. There are a, a, a ton of shows we watched beforehand and a ton of shows that we think are great and the other person probably thinks is awful. 
Um, so we'll get into a lot of that. So I'll start with my favorite show of all time, and this is very, very difficult. Pro- probably more difficult than my favorite artist, to be honest. Um, I really enjoy TV. I like a lot of writing TV. I like comedy. I like drama. I like uh, thug gangster stuff. Um, I Scary. Just, huh? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. Um, so as I, you know, I want like cartoons. I like uh, things that have been animated. A lot of time, for a long period of time, I thought animated movies were better than a lot of real life movies. So that's where I'm at. So that's where I'm coming from. A lot of different options, but for me. One that I believe was is still, I would argue, is culturally relevant. Um, shout out to Michael B. Jordan and Idris Elba and a bunch of other. I was gonna people. say a bunch of people. Um, what's Michael Omar? What's Michael? What's his real name? But mm. well, if you don't know by now, <laughs> my favorite show is The Wire. Uh, just a phenomenal show from top to bottom. Uh, I personally am not a fan of the city of Baltimore. I have had very negative things to say about it in my life, but they produce The Wire. Um, and that is just just a phenomenal show. It was phenomenal in the day and age in which it was made. Uh, even today, it's still a, a great show. It's produced a ton of celebrities. Michael K. Williams. Michael K. Williams. Uh, amongst others that Wendell you, Pierce. you'll see. Wendell mm-hmm. Pierce. Like I'm not going to read all of them off but there's a there's a ton of really big actors and shout out to HBO uh at that time and HBO was putting out a bunch and when we get to kind of our top five list there's gonna be some more HBO shows in there because HBO has done its thing and they've done a great job of taking care of their actors and actresses um so that's what I got for me uh The Wire is my favorite show uh love it uh and just big, big fan what about you? So, favorite show of all time for me is A Different World. Hands mm. down, no question about it. Um, I started watching A Different World. Jeez, we were, I mean, me and my sisters, we were little. And we always, always loved the show. Um, I thought, like, two of the best castings on the show outside of the main cast were Diane Carroll and Patti LaBelle as the moms. Like, that duo, they were just life every time they were on screen. Um, a lot of people obviously hated the first season because the first season was super dry. Um, but that second season, right up until it ended, like, just fire. Um, I loved, loved, loved the relationships that they all had with one another. I love the stories that they told. Like, even today watching the episodes, the content is still relevant to today. Um, Which I've, is good and bad. Mm, so yeah, some of it for yeah. sure. Um, and even though I didn't end up going to college, like, had I gone, I definitely would have chosen an HBCU because of a different world. Um, they made me want to join a um sorority they made me it really just opened my eyes to more than what at the time was on tv like i mean for what it's worth even now like there's some shows that have positive black imagery in them but that show was really what opened the door for me as far as you know black folks are super dope um 
um, for, um, Cree Summer went on to do a whole lot. She has voiced so many different um, cartoon characters. Like, it's insane. Um, everybody else just kind of, you know, did things here and there. Kadeem Hardison has done a few things. Jasmine Guy did a few movies and a few other things. Um, but the impact of that show, like, I don't know anybody who, one, doesn't know it, doesn't have a favorite episode, or can't sing the intro theme song. And they went from Aretha Franklin to Boys to Men. Like, it was just black excellence before people were really saying black excellence was a thing. Um, favorite episode is obviously the wedding episode because Ron held my man Dwayne down. Like, (laughs) it was just a great feel good show. So that is easily my favorite show ever. I still watch it like today. Uh, So as you can see, we have very different um, views. But I love The Wire. No, no, no. And I appreciate the different world. But as far as favorite, that's just kind of a contrast, which is fine. Um, so the next thing we want to get into, and we, out before I say that, we would love to hear you guys' favorite shows. So whatever you guys are into, whatever you guys are watching now, uh, there's a number of things that we watch right now. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but there's a ton of shows out there. If you guys have some suggestions, definitely let us know. So the next thing we want to get into is, you know how this goes, the top five. And this I prefaced it just because you can go in a whole different lane when you're starting to get into anime and cartoons. And that's why I'm like, because then that's garbage. Like, top five favorite shows but no cartoons? Like, how is that a thing? Because I feel like those could be two completely separate categories. They're still TV shows. They are, but for the sake of this conversation, we weren't (coughs) going to do that because that would... There's just so many options. And I just didn't want to do that for this. We can have a cartoon anime show later or anything like that. Yeah, that'd be me like by myself, though. Like, I watch way more anime than you do. Yeah, but you watch... I I know, and it's cartoon anime, not just anime. So there's a bunch of cartoons that I do watch and we grew up on that are really dope. So we could easily have a show about cartoons and give you a portion for anime. And there's still one greater than the rest but that's fine i mean that moving on before we (laughs) go down that rabbit hole um so for my top five and this again was difficult and i'll kind of explain why i picked them and then there could have been like 30 others that would have been number six uh so for me fresh prince and this is in no particular order don't want to go in order i didn't put them in order I will go in order. I'm going to make an order out of this, and hopefully I don't screw it up. So obviously The Wire would be first. Um, I've already talked to you guys about The Wire. My second favorite show of all time would be Fresh Prince. And the reason why I really enjoyed it, and again, Martin loved that show as well. There's just too many. I'm not even going to do that. Um, But Fresh Prince for me was just really dope. It was in a time in my life that was... Important and influential. A lot of these shows actually came out in similar time frames. Ah, no, two are really different. Uh, but Will, the family, seeing black wealth, but also not, quote-unquote, selling out. 
Like, Will went to the school, the prep school, he did all that, but he wore his jacket inside out. He wore the Jordans. Uh, but it was a great family dynamic. You had just two different worlds colliding in a way that was wholesome, in a way that was entertaining. Even Jeffrey and his role and, you know, Will's influence on the family, but their influence on him. Uh, the mothers, the the Phil. <laughs> mothers. And, <laughs> um, Phil and, you know, his role and his experiences. And even from early on when they talked about when Will and Carlton stole the car, that was one of the first episodes. Uh, and, you know, just being culturally relevant. And they, they really didn't shy away. And I really do appreciate, and there's some shows to, that do that today, but not running from the narratives of society. Mm. And facing them head on and putting it in corporate America or whatever you want to say is face. Um, so I definitely had a respect for that. Um, third on this list for me, I am going to go with the Cosby show. Uh, similar to Fresh Prince in that it was black wealth, but it was a whole different dynamic in their household. They had a ton of kids and as somebody that now has three kids, <laughs> um, it was just a lot. You, you, you see Theo and, and Rudy and just how they were able to handle them. Even the relationship you saw with their parents uh, and how the grandparents were such a big, important role in the kids' lives as well. I always thought that was really dope. Yeah. Um, and that is definitely something I don't feel like we see enough. Um, but it wasn't that the grandparents were raising the kids, but they were a part. And then the parents... And the grandparents also had a really good relationship. There wasn't drama between the sides or anything like that. And there were just a lot of good life lessons, but taught from a fatherly to a son perspective. Um, from a mother, like, as far as uh, Claire and what she represented, not only as a wife, not only as a mother, but as a professional. And in that era, to place her in that light, I think spoke very highly um, of her and really everything that it entailed. Uh, next, it was third, so fourth, I'm going to go with power. Uh, I would argue, and I didn't do enough thinking about this, but Ghost might be my favorite TV character ever. Really? That's, like, I mean, I could see that like, for sure. He is, and this is a different show, uh, and I'm not getting paid to say this, like Raymond Reddington is also one of my favorite characters because they do what is necessary to get it done. Th shows like Breaking Bad and... I watched Your Honor and just there's a bunch of shows where the characters can't fully embrace who they are or who they need to be in order to be successful. And that's super irritating. And that is super irritating and super frustrating. Uh, when It's a situation where if they're playing a character like uh, Godfather of Harlem, like mm -hmm. he has to play that role. But when you're playing just a fictional character and you're trying to get to a certain point, there's sacrifices that need to be made. We watched Snowfall and so many other episodes where this, this heartstring and compassion of trying to circumvent a situation to save everybody, it gets people killed. It does. It gets people caught up. And Ghost didn't worry about that. It, the only soft spot he had was for his idiot son, and it cost him his life. It did. Um, Which I'm still just mind blown that that's how they chose to end that show. Like. And insane. I, I agree. And typically, the reason a show like like I loved, loved, loved Game of Thrones, but that last season was just awful. It was. Um, and I, I won't say that the last like five episodes up until the fight with the White Walkers, great show. 
and then it just fell off a cliff. So it couldn't be in my top five for that reason. Um, but definitely Ghost, uh, probably my favorite character. He played both sides. He was a businessman. He was a gangster. He murdered when he had to murder. <laughs> he made deals when he had to make deals. Uh, and he constantly tried to save everybody, but when he had to make decisions, he had to make decisions. Yeah. And then finally for me, and this was really tough, there was a lot of episodes that um, fell into this category, but for me, it was Sopranos. Um, just super well orchestrated, super well acted. Uh, another show that's made a number of stars out of it. Uh, legendary show. I believe if it was on TV now, it'd still be relevant. Um, I never watched it. Wow. Yeah, I never did. It's really good. It The last season was good. The ending, there was a lot of controversy over the way it ended. Um, but really, really, really good show. Um, so those are my five. There's a ton shortly thereafter. Shameless, uh, Blacklist, uh, just Martin. Uh, just so so many other great shows, but that that's my five. So I didn't know that you were gonna do like top five. So I didn't really have a chance to think about it until it the notes. just now. Na- literally, I'm just now looking at the notes. Oh, so. failing to so, prepare, preparing to fail is what they say. Blah. Um. So top five favorite shows for me. I mean, obviously, a different world. Number one favorite show ever. Mm-hmm probably will be forever it's not really anything that competes with the feels that i get from that show um number two uh, i love lucy i know it's so crazy because i used to like stay up super late at night i mean not that i don't still stay up super late at night but i used to stay up super late at night just to watch i love lucy and I used to know all the times that it came on. Like at one point I had a bunch of the seasons on DVD. I've watched, I've probably seen every episode and not just of I Love Lucy, but the Lucy and Desi comedy hour. And then she went on to do like Lucille Ball. Like she had like four shows. I've seen them all. Um, Just who she was in entertainment at that time. Like, there weren't a lot of women doing what she was doing. Like, she commanded a lot of respect. She was one of the first women to have, like, a lead role on a show, her name on it. Like, I know Desi Arnaz was a big part of it, but it was her. People watched it for her. And I always really respected that. And then she was just funny. Like, and she was beautiful, but she was beautiful in a quirky, unconventional kind of way. Um, and I always really, just really love that about her and mm. like just her in general. So definitely I love Lucy. Um, Carrie, my friend Carrie's also a big, I love Lucy fan. Um, number three, the wire, because the wire was amazing from the first season to the last season. It was an amazingly well-written show. All the characters, whether you liked them or not, like you needed them to be on the show for the show to right keep giving what it was given. Um, my favorite season of that um, was the fourth season, fourth season, and that's when they introduced Michael B. Jordan's character. Um, that's when they really started to play around with naming like the Corner Boys, really. Um, that's when Marlo really came on the scene and started doing his thing, like. 
that season to me was like one of the best of the I think five. Yeah. Yeah. Five seasons. Um, just and then like like I said, all the characters were just so good. Um, and then you just had appearances from really great actors like Glenn Truman, like just just great show. And so from an ending standpoint, like it wrapped and, up and, and that's and so well. And that's what I was getting ready to say. Like a different world, it ended, and I wasn't, I mean, I was upset, I mean, well, I was, you know, it ended before I even knew about it, yeah. but I, I saw the ending, I'm like, I'm good with that, I can live with that, um, The Wire, the ending came, I'm like, dang, I'm blown, but I liked how, the, except for them killing Omar, like, that blew me, and I didn't I like... It did, but I didn't like how he went out. Like, the hardest person on the whole show. Arguably one of the hardest characters that's ever been on TV. (laughs) And he gets shot in the head by happenstance by some kid at the corner store. Like, completely unacceptable. But I feel like it would have been hard. You weren't going to catch him slipping. No, you weren't. I don't know. I mean, I I guess they could have written it a bunch of different ways. But... Nobody on the street was going to get him. So if he, I felt it was, I was okay with it because it seemed like, of course, that was, that, that just, that was the one way he was so prepared. He was so ahead of everybody else and then something so dumb is. Yeah. I think that's happen. why it blew me. Like that's, the, that's yeah. my biggest complaint. Um, Tristan, Tristan Wiles. Yeah. He played Michael, like just overall great cast, great show. Just dopeness. Um, four and five. I don't even know, man. Um, what other shows have I really, really enjoyed? And then, and then that's what sucks because, like, I would put a cartoon right here, yeah. anime, like, boom, right there. Um, Grey's Anatomy. I was literally going <laughs> to suggest that. Grey's Anatomy. And the thing is, like, I've quit the last season and a half because I've been really pissed off with them killing everybody and just not necessarily destroying the show, but it's it's just turned into kind of a circus. And that's really pissed me off. But, I think but overall, it's a super solid show. Like, and that's one of those shows, like, and like, I'm, I know a lot of people who watch it will completely agree with me. If you need to get a good cry, watch it. Just turn on a random episode because you'll probably end up bawling like a baby. Um, just the characters you love. And, and that's the thing, like, you start to care so much about these characters. You love them so much. You feel their struggles. You're super happy for their triumphs. Every time they save a patient, like... You are so invested in each and every story that they present to you. But then it's not just the stories individually, but the like the evolution of the hospital as a whole. Like at one point it was getting shut down and then it got saved. And then, the, you know, just so many different things going on in a hospital. It's just like, dang, is that what happens in real life? Like, is it that dramatic? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Grey's Anatomy for sure. At number five, mm, does Netflix count? Yeah. Netflix count. Um, 
I guess my five can probably, my number five can be interchangeable with what is really keeping me entertained. And so right now it would either be between Peaky Blinders or The Last Kingdom. Because Peaky Blinders, like, if you've never watched the show, if you've heard about the show, like, watch it. I had my doubts. I know, you did, you did. did, It is an amazing show. The next season coming up, I think it's actually the last season. Yeah, so I'm really, I can't wait to see how they end it. Um, But it's just Cillian Murphy, Killian, Killian Killian Murphy. Um, As Shelby, Tommy Shelby, like, it's a character, like, that I didn't know that I needed in my life. Like, similar to Ghost, he's able to calculate, make a decision that needs to be made, and save everybody, basically. Um, The dynamic between the families and everything that they're doing to move ahead, basically, you know, like when they say we built this from the dirt, they really are building it from the dirt. Um, and it's just, it's a really, really good show. Really, really well written. I love period pieces. So that draw drew me in. Um, obviously just, uh, really great. And then the last kingdom, like equal. So you would have the last kingdom ahead of game of Thrones. Yeah. And I only say that because, like, to me, the last season of uh, the Game of Thrones really tarnished the entirety of the show. Especially the, you know, winter's coming, the, um, what are they, what were they called? White Walkers. The White Walkers. Like, they built that up so, so much. From the very first episode of the very first season, winter is coming. Then winter arrived, and that was it. Like, it was no, just over. Don't do that. The, the, the fact we- that they summed up all of that into one episode, that battle scene that you could barely see on purpose, like, just... But no, it was before that, because when... And this is not a Game of Thrones episode, but really quick. When they went, when... Jon Snow and them all got caught and they got surrounded and then they end up taking the dragon. Yeah. Like that was still a part of that. I'm not saying that it wasn't, but for... So you just don't like that it all ended in that one battle. Yeah. And I think that was forced because they idiotically made it a seven episode final season. Yeah. And so even though it was like an hour and 20 minute show, I will, but no, I I was good with it. The way it ended and Arya dropped the joint and jabbed them. I was cool with that. Like, I was super cool with Arya killing the Night King. Like, that was okay. Mm -hmm. Everything else about that battle, I was severely disappointed in. I was. That's fair. Um, Cersei, she deserved to go in the worst kind of way. And the fact that she and Jamie got to die holding each other with the building crumbling around them. They didn't deserve no romantic ending. They need their heads chopped off and displayed for the world to see or something. And that just went real graphic and I didn't mean for it to go. But but that was super disappointing. And then Daenerys, like, we knew that she was going to have to die because she was crazy. Listen, this is not going to be I we know. It. it was it was just right. you know right. okay. That's fair. it was disappointing. So the last kingdom over Game of Thrones one hundred percent. All right. I'm not there. I like the last kingdom, but 
I can't just throw away all of what Game of Thrones gave me. No, yeah, uh, I understand. And we haven't seen the final season of Last Kingdom either. Um, and hopefully they can get it together. And that, I feel like I don't know why that's so difficult for shows. And I think this happens a lot. It's like they don't end them right. And they just they just miss one. I know you've never watched How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. That show completely pissed me off with the ending. Really? Be- yeah, it was awful because like the show is the premise of the show. And if you've never seen How I Met Your Mother and you're like currently watching it, like skip ahead like a minute or something so that I don't ruin the end for you. But he spends his the whole show every season starting off each episode with the story to his kids of how I met your mother. And he goes all the way back to like his beginning friendship with all his friends. And then literally they get down to the last season and you figure out, okay, well, this is the mom. They show you the mom, but on like the last episode they go and you're talking and you know, in this study and they, the kids originally think that the mom was someone else that he had been in love with. And she, she's not. The mom is their mom. And so the kids are just like, so then you're still in love with Aunt Robin? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I am. I am still in love with her. And they had like this symbol and he goes to find her. And it's like, I'm still in love with you after all these years. And I'm like, are you for real? It, it, was, it was just an awful ending. Mm. It was. It, it completely negated the whole point of the show. And it's like, this is this is dumb. I hate you people for this. <laughs> um, well, I did not see that coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so we have a, quite a few shows that are coming up with the final seasons and Ozark, I'll be curious to see how they yeah. that out. And, um, I'm a blo- and I'm blown about that ending. Because I feel like they could squeeze at least another season out of it. Mm. Yes and no. I think, I believe, if they give us ten full episodes, they should be able to wrap up everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that is what's difficult, um, is knowing when it's ending. And it's kind of, some shows, I think, ended a little prematurely. Mm. And then other shows... Just drag on forever. Drag on and... We don't need all of that. Um, so it, uh, we got we got a lot coming this year. Um, so we'll see kind of how that goes. Insecure ending this year, and that like that storyline to me, I feel like that's a show that could go on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like it's a group of friends. They deal with relationships. For what it's worth, this is her, the final season, and she's just finding her her groove, her groove yeah. into the event planning or hosting or promotion. I've I, that is something I think, and we, we know, shout out to Issa, got that big old HBO I know, bag. I am super excited to see what she does next, though. But I think that played a role in it ending, and I don't think it needed to end. Um, <laughs> Do more than one thing. <laughs> yeah, like, and I, I don't know if there's going to, I don't think there would be spinoffs. I don't know what plan she has. I've heard some of the backstory to the deal, but I think that's one that's ending too soon. Um, For sure. So... The next thing that we want to kind of discuss is Snowfall. And oh, y'all got, I'm, there's spoiler alert, but uh, y'all have plenty of time to watch it by the time it's <laughs> So uh, that's on y'all. Um, 
So, just a kind of high level. Alton, trash. Big trash. Um, like, throw him all the way away. And now, like, and we, we talked about this. So, the premise to Alton is he's thrown with the Black Panthers. Yes. So, he's an educated man. He wasn't the best father or husband. Uh, he was garbage in those arenas, too. Okay, uh, we'll go to garbage. He was. He they, they embraced him. They welcomed him back. He's doing the right thing. He's working at a shelter. And in essence, he's thrown everything away. Um, for, I guess, his conscience? Yeah, it's definitely his conscience. So because, like, I and this is where I, 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 I just, I'm lost. In the idea of going to the reporter, did he think her report was going to stop the the government from bringing crack or cocaine into the country? Like, did you think he was going to shame them into stopping? Because the issue seems to be he's running a shelter and he saw the dad die and leave the the kids. And I guess that was the tipping point for him. But like, what is your alternative here? Like, this story comes out and then what? Yeah. Like, you and your family run to Cuba so everybody at the shelter who's still dealing with all the crack is going to be out because you basically are running the clinic. Mm-hmm. You're, you won't be welcome in the country. So you better have all the money you have. Don't make any mistakes on that. We saw in this episode that now their business dealings have been impacted yeah. because they were investing in the property. And now that's been done. That's dead. And you're just going to run off. And if y'all don't come with me, that's too bad. Franklin has to make his own decision. So I set this massive fire and, and now, now I'm leaving everybody Louis else to put it out. Leon and everybody else, y'all got to deal with it. Yeah. Like that to me is the epitome of selfishness and just idiocy. Like you owe me like 20 years of being a parent and you show up and in a year or two, because I think the, the time frame is only what, it's like a, a year? It's a year and some change. You've managed to come in and destroy everything in an epic proportion way. And... I, I just, I, I just, I'm, I'm blown away by it. Um, conversely, um, Delilah is that her name? Uh, what's the girl? Dahlia, that shot. Uh, Khadijah. Khadijah. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. Um, <laughs> she, she has the same. Oh man. I get it. It was her daughter, but she also has just like gone in a whole different way, and. I think it, this is the part we talked about ghosts where it's like people got to constantly keep cleaning up other people's messes. Yeah. And so I don't think Franklin is nearly as good at cleaning up messes as Ghost or a lot of other people. But he's also only a year into it. He, he is a year into it. He didn't come from that lifestyle. Like, Ghost, for, by all accounts, was like a killer for a long time. Yeah. Um, we saw the end, the tail end of his gangster right. exploitations or whatever you want to call them. And we've seen <clears throat> what Tommy and Kanan are capable of. So yeah. we recognize who that is. So I, I give Franklin a pass for that and he don't got killers around him. Um, so I think it's difficult and he's been trying to be, and he has the government. Like, so there, there's limitations to what he can and can't do is finding what he can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, that, that was just frustrating. And so I will be curious to see, I think there's two episodes left. Of the season, yeah. Of this season. Um, this ought to be renewed for another one, so I'm super excited about that. Um, but yeah, Leon, it appears he's going to let Jerome go uh, based on the previews and 
that's not smart. Like they still the reason Louis just got shot is because of you. And you about to go with Jerome to them? Like the that the frustration. I don't think it's and I think that's like I think when we talked about Snowfall earlier, um, before in another episode, like the frustration I feel watching the people around Franklin make the decisions that they make, like his character, I I can only imagine what his character actually feels like because like he screamed on everybody this episode, like a couple times. times. It's like at the end of the day, like, yes, you guys are 100% impacted by what's going on. But at the end of the day, if anything happens, it's really all going to hang on me. And y'all are running around doing all these things individually that are really, really messing things up. From his dad running his mouth to the reporter to the uncle just wiling out every opportunity he gets to Leon being as reckless as he has been. Every episode this season has been chaos. From the first day. And now you got man boy planting the chick. What's her name? T? Whatever. Yeah. That's what he calls her. T. Planting the chick. So the whole time we thinking he found a solid one. She's just working for man boy. That was a huge twist. I didn't see that. Yeah. I didn't see it coming originally either. But I would also. The one. I guess one criticism I will have of this episode. Or this season. Is they built Scully up to be this guy. Mm. And he's he like ain't nothing. been a well, he no. I think the thing is the death of his daughter kind of changed everything. No, it no, can, no. You can't be that guy, and this happened, and he's been like a mute. Like in that meeting that they had, where they were all sitting there, and she was going off. He just sat there, and mm-hmm. he he said something. That, in essence, he tried to calm down, man, boy, and said, "You tripping?" When they was talking about trying to find Franklin's to, plug. Yeah. But like, and as it's like, he hasn't said or tried to do anything. And that's disappointing to me outside of when he shot at Leon. But I just, he should be going as hard to me as Manboy is, and he's not. And I, I don't understand, I given think his mental makeup, why that is. I get the, the trauma of the daughter. But I think it's because Manboy has, like, basically taken everything over. But from, they, like, they were trying to kill each other. Right, but they squashed it all because of the death of the daughter. But if I'm not trying to actively kill the person that killed my daughter, I ain't just sitting by, sitting behind you letting you run everything. Like, this is my daughter. Yeah. My daughter died. I should be the one setting stuff up. I should be the one trying to get stuff manipulated. Or you should be bringing me into the loop on whatever the heck you're doing because it's my daughter. Yeah. And he's just basically sat back and, like, his girl don't even talk to him, really. She always... Talking to man boy or doing stuff on her own. Yeah, but she tripping. Like, and I, she's well, let, let me rephrase that because she's not tripping. I understand 100% where she is. Mm-hmm. She wants revenge. And however, whichever way she can get it is how she's trying to get it. But like the fact that the two girls who killed the guy and brought him to man boy and it wasn't even Leon. Like there's a bounty on Leon's head. Here's Leon in the trunk mm-hmm. of the car, and you bring in broad daylight. Show up to me with this person in the trunk of your car, dead, for a bounty, and it's not even Leon. Like they're all moving pretty recklessly. And then Fatback, same thing. They bailed him out, and I I'm not super familiar with the bail system. 
But I would imagine there's some kind of paper trail behind bailing someone out. Yeah, for and, sure. And so I'm sure the show will not go down that path to track that. Seeing how he got bailed out one night and he's dead the next. Like, I would think, well, who bailed him out? If the cops would do half a job. And then, like, typically, my understanding of gang life is, like, church and funerals are, like, off. Like, that's, like, a common ground where you don't hit people there. Because it was, it was actually a power episode mm-hmm. where I think they were at church or funeral. And they were trying to get, um, what's the light-skinned boy that sings? Um, Dre. Mm. And so they were up giving the thing and, like, they they gave the word from church. But you don't hit somebody at church. Like, you don't hit someone at a funeral. Like, that's just, it's tacky. There, there's rules of engagement, so to speak. And she didn't have it. And then you hire two girls to be your shooter that aren't even gangsters. Like, they're hustlers, but they're not gangsters. They're like, it It just, I imagine Man Boy has a similar frustration with his group that Franklin has with his group and people just making bad decisions and them having to try and clean stuff up. Um, and in essence, it pushed the girl to be reckless enough. What are you looking at? Nothing. Uh, like, <laughs> no, I can't tell you. Okay. Um... <laughs> What was it? Um, but yeah, just pushing people to be reckless, and now they have to clean up said mess. So, so it's gonna be interesting to see where everything leads because Reed was off the grid for a few days trying to figure everything, like drugs, I mean, money and guns and all of that. And now he's back, and he realized the can of worms that's literally spilled over. But he got everywhere, right and I mean, for what it's worth, Reed did. Reed called um, Franklin's like. How'd you let this story happen? He's like, well, I was calling you and this is what's going on. I tried to scare. She wasn't scared enough. She's getting ready to write the second part of the story. What you going to do? And Reed did read. He showed up at her house and was like, this time you're going to wake up next time. You won't. Not so much. Um, So I'm really curious. He did that without a mask or nothing. With nothing on. So, With this is the reporter on. who's trying to out you. She doesn't know who you are. You show up at her house without a mask. Like, that takes a lot of unction to be like, this is who I am. This is how I roll. And play me if you want. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I had a lot of respect. And he's dealt with a lot. He has. Between his dad's comments and feelings toward him. His ex wife, his ex wife, brother, like, and that's the thing that I get why the dad was mad because Reed did just drop his brother off after ruining his life, but he wasn't trying to ruin his life. Mm -mm. Like, the brother made the decision to come along for the ride, and that comes with it. Yeah, uh, the risk, and it sucks uh, that he, you know, got caught up in that, but it was a very interesting. We got two episodes left. Two episodes, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the reporter reacts, how Leon and them react, and I guess I'll actually predict. What do you what do you predict happens here? I'm not even sure at this point because there's so many pieces falling right. around Franklin right now. I mean, I like the show of support that Reed gave him. Um, especially after Reed had to go and see the aftermath of what's going on in Nicaragua. 
that whole tribe, those people that he was trying to help, like they're all dead now. And they're dead because of basically Avi. Um, But they're dead because a failure in a system that he built. So he's, he's not dealing with that well. And so for Franklin, you know, to say like, I didn't know if you had just left me to hang in the wind. Right. Like the last he, time they saw each other, I think he was drunk in his club. Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, for Franklin to say that after dealing with what he'd just seen in Nicaragua, it's like, nah, man, like I told you, I'm with you till the end. We just got to get this cleaned up because right now it's real messy. And he gave him good advice. He did. He did. Because I don't think, for what it's worth, Franklin was still operating under the assumption that he could trust everybody. And at this point, he realizes, nah, you really can't. Because everybody wants to save themselves. And at the end of the day, like, they love Franklin for what he's doing. But if it's between myself and you, I'm going to pick myself. And they've made those selfish decisions time and time time again. Leon Um, with Wanda. Jerome has made a, one of a bunch of things. His I mean, dad, his, his aunt, everybody. Yeah. So I would like to say that Franklin at least comes out on top, like somehow deals with Scully and man boy. Um, and it's funny because there was a snippet of like audio that I heard on Instagram or something about Franklin talking about man boy. And I haven't seen it in the show yet. So I'm just trying to figure out when it, he's going to actually say it so I can put it into context. Um, you did miss it. Mm, you're right, though. I don't so know maybe, what the snippet was, but... Yeah, he was just talking about how Man Boy was in school and he wishes he was as smart as Franklin is, but he's not as smart as Franklin is. I don't think that's happening yet. Okay. I don't remember that. Yeah. And so, like I said, I'd like to see Franklin come out on top. But the odds are kind of stacked against him currently with the way things are going in the streets, plus the way things are going now that the deal has fallen through with the social climber or whatever you want to call him um, and trying to turn more of his business legit. So, I mean, as long as he's alive, I'll be happy about that at the end of the season. I think it'd be hard to kill Franklin, but... After Ghost got killed, I guess nothing's Nobody's to. safe. That that still just blows me. Nobody's safe. I don't know how or why. I believe it was Courtney Kemp wrote that that way, but that was rough. Um, dang, that was tough. Uh, so, we've talked about, uh, I think it was a, I guess it was just a general episode on crack and the crack epidemic and its impact. And it's come up in a, a lot of our different uh, episode of podcast, I guess because of really the area we grew up in and a lot of the stuff that we've been introduced to, crack had a role in it. It had an impact in it. It still does to this day. Um, more to your mic. How do you know if it's not even showing up? Because I can see it. You can see what? How small your bars are. Okay. Um, hello? <laughs> hello? Uh, no. <laughs> so, in relation to... The, the crack epidemic and its impact and role, it brings us to what we believe to be, and I, I've heard some kind of third-party reports. I don't know what's true, what's factual right now, so I'm not going to speculate.
But historically, we know that the great, the legend, the icon, the rapper, the father, the uncle, the great man that Earl DMX Simmons was, he dealt and you know fought the crack uh, addiction. And so we wanted to take some time to really speak on really his impact in our lives individually, his impact on the culture. This is not about to be some, he had his faults. We're not about to highlight that. Yeah. And I think that's the, one of the crappy things, especially if you watch like mainstream media news, all that stuff, like the first thing they're going to talk about or the first things I've been seeing already have been how he got in trouble with the law how he had substance abuse issues, and yeah, fine. Those are all factual things that went on in his life. But he was so much more than those things. And to for those to be the first things that people highlight in remembering him is just completely disrespectful to his memory. And for what it's worth to his family, his kids, like, that's it's just wrong. Uh, no, I, I 100% agree. I will say this thing, and we, we kind of talked about this because there was a few, not a lot, but there were some people, for whatever reason, that felt the need to, well, basically give him his flowers while he's here. And we talked about what does that even mean? What does that even look like? And I feel like considering when we kind of looked up and did a little bit more research for the highlights of like chart success and stuff like that, he did have a lengthy, you know, most definitely activity in his life. But the love that he has, from my perspective, from what I've seen from the streets, even before his, his tragic passing, it was always there. Yeah. So despite, you know, some of the things he's went through, people respect realness. And we've seen that in the last probably year or two with people like Takashi, people like Bobby Schmurder and others that people respect realness. Wait a second. People like Takashi, like Takashi 6ix9ine? Not that he's real, but the fact that he's not real. And like, people respect that? No, no, no. I'm saying the difference between oh, the two. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, because that, that, that wasn't clear. Okay, sorry, for clarity. <laughs> so, like, Bobby came home, and there's been nothing but love. People were waiting. Even while he was locked up, and he got locked up for some very... Tough, serious serious stuff. That's a good word, serious stuff. <laughs> But the fact that he took more time for his homie and not allowed his homie to come home early, like the love has been there. And someone like Takashi, who's not that, and there's a bunch of rappers that don't live what they talk about. Almost or, definitely. Or don't live what they I'd say about. like 90% of them. I think there was an era, but from what I hear, it seemed like a lot of the rappers today, we learned, we talked about Kodak, we talked about from Lil Baby, we've seen The Baby. Some of these current artists. They're reckless, but I don't think it's necessarily. I think it's different because, like, you're talking about, for, you know, example's sake, you talk about Jay-Z. Like, we know what he was doing. We mm -hmm. know for a fact, like, he got out at the perfect timing because had he not, right. he would have been the one in jail for a long time. Um, versus a lot of the rappers today, they talk about what they're doing but nine times out of ten, they're not the ones doing it. It's someone else that they know. I mean, for what it's worth, like Rick Ross. Everybody right, loves think, Rick Ross. I think Rick was a previous era. I like When I say today, I'm talking, like, we listened to that song on the pod, but it was saying the names. Oh, yeah, true enough. And I think this, the last, when I'm saying for, like, the last two years, this, this phase of rapper, 
like they, the show said, they're walking indictments. Yeah, they're like, rock, reckless. They're, they're reckless. They put all get, their their crimes in um, their lyrics. And the seventeen year old, I can't think of his name, TK or something like that. Like his story is crazy. Like if you go back and look, like he like murdered someone and then he rapped about it and then he ran on oh, the road. Oh yeah, and like, then the cops listened to the song and right. they charged him because they had basically a confession. Yeah. Of the murder. And then cutting off his ankle bracelets. Yeah, because then there was another thing that he basically confessed to in the song. And it's like, oh, well, here's this other unsolved murder that we had no idea about. So reckless. I think, but I think that is why also we see the quote unquote cult following of some of these artists today is because people can relate to them. That's why people love Gucci. Um, For a long time, people love Jeezy. And now, the streets, you know, maybe not as much. Maybe the, you know, corporate America likes him more, and that's why he's, you know, gained the financial success he has. Uh, but DMX to me was one of the first and biggest to do that, to not compromise who he was, and he's never compromised who he was, from what I can tell, and still have the success, commercial success, the commercial success, and a lot of people. Don't un, don't re, or don't maybe don't remember, like he came out the same time as Jay Z. He mm-hmm. was out with the Ja Rules and the others that you know people that today might think had more fame or bigger names. DMX was that dude. He was like the the impact, and we watched the the Woodstock um, concert or festival show set he had, and. Like, to have that kind of impact, and this is pre-social media. Mm-hmm. This is really, pre, I think it's pre-internet. When did the internet come out? No, that's, like, there was internet. In middle school for us? Yeah. We, yeah, we did have AIM. <laughs> we didn't have, We're not my, that old. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm thinking before, yeah, because Y2K came, like, right, right after that, and that was about computers. Okay, so yeah, there was internet, but it wasn't, obviously, it's not what it is today. There was no social media of any real significance. And to have that kind of impact... And people to know his song. And I'm not talking about people that look like me. I'm talking about people that are super, and this is no disrespect. White. Super He's talking white. about white people. Like. No, 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 but it's not just white people because Eminem's white. NF is white. These are like white, white people. And but you also have to think about it. At that time, white folks were the biggest consumers of hip hop, rap music. Like they were selling it. To more, but the content that he was talking about, like this is again, this is it like, wasn't for them. <laughs> I'm not saying it they was for them. Recited it, they memorized it, they loved it. Yeah, like like they did later with you know with Wayne and and Jeezy and people like that. But that was really the first of that kind of content that they was like in it, and so to see them, I, obviously I knew the impact. And I've seen snippets of it, but then to actually listen to what songs he was performing and the way in which they recited it and knew, knew it. Knew every word. And knowing where he came from. Mm-hmm. Like, that ascent is just, it's its its almost unconscionable to think that, uh, and this is, again, respectfully, a crack addict that was homeless could get to that stage at that location and have that kind of impact on those kind of people. Yeah, for sure. And well, I mean, go ahead. 
for what it's worth, music is universal. Like I've been to festivals and sat or not sat and watched sets and I'm looking around, like I'm rapping the songs cause like I love the songs. I know the songs. I mm. love the artists. And, but I'm looking around at the crowd around me. I'm just like, you ain't never been to a crack house. Like for what it's worth, I've never been to a crack house, never. but I mean, I know knew where they were, but never yeah, like okay. in the crack house. Yeah. No. Um, it's like you just you just you're watching this it, it unfold in front of you, and it's like that love for the music and the the vibe that it gives. Yeah. You don't get that in a lot of other arenas of entertainment. So whenever an artist, black or white, can cross over and people of different generations, people of different backgrounds, people who have different experiences in life can all embrace and love you. Like, I think that's always a beautiful thing, but without losing yourself with exactly without losing who you are as a person, as an artist, you don't have to compromise your music because you hear that a lot now. Like you do a song and the record label, whatever expects for you to make that song every time you come out with something new and you don't want to do that. Yeah. And he like, it's just, it's really something to see. Um, so I did want to kind of touch on, and I, there's a a lot and this was difficult obviously today. Um, but I'm not going to do favorite. I'll do most impactful for me of my favorite DMX songs or most impactful for me was the Rough Riders Anthem just because really for me it was the video. Mm-hmm. Um, the song was obviously super dope. Um, what are you about to do? I'm trying to. I can't think of the name of oh. the song. Um, but the he was the the R was the snowman symbol before the snowman symbol. The R, the Rough Riders R, like that was it. The the three wheel bikes that everybody has today, like they had them back then. Mm-hmm. The Meek Mill riding dirt bikes. No, no, no. They've been doing that. Um, that whole culture, that, that bike, that, that whole everything scene, that, and that everything, he embodied all of that. And when he came out, he gave it to you a hundred percent, 120%, his energy, his effort, like all of that was there. And so, um, because of its impact, because of obviously it's it, the, the, the way it makes you feel, the, when it, the, it starts, you you know what's coming. As somebody that enjoys going out, when the, that song can come on today in any venue, and it's going to it just change it, the whole mood will shift. Um, so that for me is probably my favorite, just because of all of its impact. Uh, there there's a bunch. Um, uh, it, it's a sad day. Uh, rest in heaven. Um, I'll kind of let you get in. There's some more I do want to say, but you can get kind of get into yours. Um, I mean, you summed it up pretty well. Like I've been a big DMX fan for forever. Like, and it's so funny, like listening to his set while you were watching it, um, listening to his set and just listening to the lyrics of the songs. One, I had no business listening to that music. hundred (laughs) percent. No business listening to it. And I know a lot of people talk about how derogatory music is towards women now, but his music back then, it, it was in the right place at the right time. Because that he tried to drop that kind of music now, he'd get canceled. Like then surprisingly, <laughs> like to my knowledge, like the 
LGBTQ community has never really went at him. I mean, for what it's worth. But he said some stuff. Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> the back, like his experiences in jail, like he's been vocal. Vocal. That's a good word. <laughs> a good word. Um, just, but outside of all the explicit language, like his message, my favorite song. And for whatever reason, I couldn't remember. I wanted to call it something else, but it's here we go again from, and then there was X and, and that song, he's really talking about bringing up a kid in the game and trying to explain to him the do's and don'ts, but he keeps stepping over the line. And, like, similarly to Ghost and Franklin or, you know, whatever character you want to relate them to, like, at the end of the song, it's like, I tried to show you what to do. I tried to explain to you how the streets work. But now you've put me in a compromising situation. So now you got to go. And for him, I'm sure this was something that he actually lived. Oh, for sure. And then you have a contrast song like Slippin'. Which is easily my second, or you know, it goes. I didn't want to pick that, but from a feel, from a message, definitely. Which is easily one of the best. It's relatable for a lot of different people. You don't have to be dealing with what he dealt with. Yeah, but the concept of Uh, the song is something that everybody one hundred percent. The message in his lyrics, Um, and while they weren't like black excellence, go out and go to college and all of that. Like the message in his lyrics were relevant to people in the streets who understood what he was talking about. But like you said, you could still hear it and relate to it, find a way to relate to his music on some level. Um, I don't think he gets, people give him his flowers and all of that good stuff, but I don't think people give him enough credit for lyrically how talented he was i know we've talked about the difference between rappers and hip-hop artists um one dmx most definitely had hip-hop commercial success as great as you could get at that time but lyrically i feel like he's heavily slept on on a lot of different levels um and then let's people make fun of it but he was a God-fearing man. Like, yeah. he loved God. And I have no question or doubt what happened to him, where right. he's at. Like, he's up there What's dapping up the big homies. Like, you know, he's no longer suffering from any ailments that have kept him in the position that he was in this life. Um, so that's always, always a good thing. Um, he was just an incredible person like his energy his spirit like and i've never obviously met him but i could only imagine what it was like to be around him like because he seems like if you're on his good side (laughs) he seems like one of those people who you could sit down and have a conversation you talk about things from like the streets to biblical context of some book in the bible that you both recently read um he was eloquent, which a lot of people don't get because like they listen to the sound of his voice instead of actually listening to what he's saying. And he was just a great person, a great human being. And it's really sad to see him go. Um, so like I said before, obviously my love thoughts and prayers to his family, his kids, um, you know, it's really unfortunate. And that, 
you you mentioned the God fearing part, and I wanted to get to that um, because you there's I don't know if this this isn't sacrilegious, but like his prayers are legendary. Yeah, like <laughs> and it's kind of crazy to say that this person that had these lyrics to live this life also was a phenomenal prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's not though because a good orator like if you believe in that love for God is there, like. Yeah, but when you live that life, like I would, you wouldn't think that somebody that comes from that way would also be. It's not that they can't. Just his authenticity, his like you said, his ability to put words together, uh, make as a rapper, um, make sense. But I think it's the 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 conviction with which he with mm, what he said. Yeah. And so even when all the stuff that he was going through, when it came time to pray. He went. In, he he was there. He, he prayed was fully before committed. the first before the verses. He did. Yeah. Um. And it, I know he prayed at a Sunday service when I think when that just yeah he back did up. a Sunday service um, for the Kanye Sunday service. Yeah. Uh. So that to me is just interesting. And you have something that's someone that's in essence so down to earth and had that he had he could get somber and he could get deep. Mm-hmm. But then he made big 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 party records. club bangers like he made him and Swiss and. And again, Swiss, we love you, but before DMX, there was no Swiss. Mm-mm. And I don't know if without DMX, there is a Swiss. And But that's a lot of another thing that a lot of people forget. Like Eve, the, he put yeah. quite a few people, producers, um, be, you know, Just whatever. In ge- on. Generally speaking, I would argue, and or I think you could make the case, we don't have Rockefeller. We don't have, because at that time, Def Jam was like on E. Yeah, I was dying. <laughs> and then DMX came. And so Jay had put out Reasonable Doubt. I think he put out Volume 1. But that didn't chart. Like, it didn't make them the money that it needed, that it needed for Def Jam to be Def Jam. And then DMX came out. And in one year, he put out two albums. Mm-hmm. Not EPs, like these new people. Not no three-pack. <laughs> he put out two classic fire albums albums one in i think it was like the summer and then the other one was in december and i looked up the stats for them and stats i don't know metrics whatever you call them <laughs> and they both and obviously i knew this but they both went i think more than five times platinum each in the same year as your debut yeah like this that's is some like unheard of person that and this ain't a double disc like this is two, two completely, completely separate, projects. separate projects by an artist who had not put out an album yet. He did that, and that that's just and the rest is history, as they say. Um, and that that's just it's just crazy to think that somebody had that ability to do that. And then you see his passion and his work ethic, which is why you got what you got. Um, people that have seen him perform, like. That's just who he is. There's some people that can rap really well, and their performances are not it. I've been to a number. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to a number of shows, and I've had some been some really good shows, and I've been to some other shows where I thought it would be a lot better based on the songs that people made, and I was like, "Ah," just didn't didn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. And so my final piece, and then I'll kind of let you you get into it is we talked about award shows Mm. and how much I. Can't stand the award shows. 
and how out of touch award shows tend to be. And you can call this revisionist history if you want. I don't. He has zero Grammys. And to me, that's just absurd. Like, like I would think at minimum for Party Up, he would have won one. Yeah. Um, there's, I would say Party Up. Um, I'm trying to think of something that just should be a no-brainer. I think the Rough Riders Anthem should be a no-brainer. He should have got a Grammy for that. Um, and then he had some really dope videos when videos were a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know how he managed to end up with zero, considering some of the other people that have multiple, but it it just kind of is what it is. Um, so he did win an AMA, which isn't bad, but he's won one. Like, this, it, that just shouldn't happen. Um and it's unfortunate that it had, but I believe he still had the success he's had. We saw him in the verses. I, that was one of my favorite verses. Most definitely. Um, him and Snoop. Him and Snoop. Like, like, the interaction they had, the camaraderie they had, the East Coast, West Coast kind of feel. It just, I think it was a great meeting in the middle. And that's that's the epitome of what verses, I believe, is and should be. They've kind of gotten real, real friendly now with people that are like best friends, like that. I'm not getting the verse. <laughs> but no, uh, really, really tough, really sad day. Um, an icon from the era we grew up in, granted, yeah, right around 2000, so that's middle schoolish. And oh, I, I'll let you go because I know I've talked a little bit, but there's one other piece I want to get to. But go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, the other part I think is super underrated about him is his ability to act. Yes. Um, <laughs> he was one in. I'm kind of going off the top of my head here, but he was one of the few rappers that also became an actor and did it at a high level. Luda kind of did it later. T.I.'s done it. But he made good movies. I mean, Tupac did it. And Tupac, Tupac did was it. good. Tupac, yeah. That's what, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I like DMX movies better, um, but Tupac did do it. I, for me, like, I, Belly, I'm not suggesting okay. anyone go watch Belly. But I thought <laughs> I thought Belly was really dope, um, and I believe it was Romeo Must Die. Want to pull die. my black card? Never watched it. <laughs> I've never seen the whole thing; only bits and pieces of it, and mm. I don't really know why. You, we'll fix that. <laughs> um, Romeo Must Die, I thought was really really dope. I was a big Jet Li fan when him and Jackie Chan were going for that kind of battle. Um, I think it was. Ain't no sunshine that song, but what was that movie? Cradle to the Grave, I think. Yeah. Um, with Steven Seagal, like he's made some really, really good movies, and he with was big a, names though too. With big names, and he had a big role. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it's a little poo butt. Uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't just some uh, scene stealer. Like he was, and it wasn't no disrespect to Tyrese Aluda. They're kind of fillings in Fast and Furious. The movie's not built around them. Yeah, they have parts. Bow Wow had a role in one of those movies, like. The, the movie, worst one, actually. <laughs> not going to get on that either. Um, but he played those roles really, really well. Um, and so just a man so talented, um, so beloved, such... We need more people with that kind of integrity um, in the definitely. world today. And he, he's done different poems on the industry. And he talked about the realness of 
you know, the, the issues within the industry long before Kanye did it, long before another a number of other people. He spoke what's on his mind and he wasn't a pawn for anybody. Mm-mm. Um, and I think probably because he was too much of a loose cannon. Yeah, no, I'm, we're not going to get into it, but I've read a bunch of stories <laughs> on just his behavior um, when things didn't go his way, specifically in the music world. <laughs> um, and so people knew. And he's embraced, you know, he's been to jail a lot. So that was not a fear of his. Um, and he lived his life as such. Um, but yeah, that that's really all I had. Um, great TV shows that we talked about. But ultimately, most importantly, we wanted to make sure that we did our part to throw our respect, our love, our appreciation um, for Earl Simmons and all that he contributed contributed to the culture, to society. And really to the world. Um, we'll see kind of what comes of it the next couple of days, the services and everything. But we lost a great one. Most certainly did indeed. Yeah. So we love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Remember to like, share, comment. and subscribe. Comment. Uh, share the Facebook group as well. Uh, we've done pretty well there, but we can always continue to grow. Oh, oh, wait. Are we going to tell him? Or is that separate? Can we tell him now? Yeah, no. Tell him. Can we tell him? Yeah. Go ahead. going to tell him? <laughs> go ahead. So, guys, we are super excited to announce that we are partnering, part, part, dang, partnering with EB Radio. It is a radio-based station. Um, They are... An internet radio. Internet. Yeah, internet (laughs) radio station. Um, Black-owned and operated out of Orlando, Florida. You will now be able to listen to the Bond Chronicles on their network. We're super excited. Starting the... Not this coming Monday. The the 19th? Yes, the 19th. The 19th, our whatever episode, will air at 8 o'clock on their networks. We are super, super, super excited for this opportunity, able to expand our, li- expand our listening base. Um, and obviously, you know, for us, this is the first step of many to God much bigger things. Those doors. Yes. Um, so we're super excited to let you guys know. We'll be showing, sharing details in the coming days yep. as to how you can get linked up with it and download the app. They, free app. Free app. They also have like music playlists. They have other podcasts. Um, so it's really super, super duper exciting for the Bonds. We're, okay. we're stoked. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, we'll be putting that out on our social media as well. They are actually starting to do some advertising. We finalized everything uh, this evening. Sign that contract. We're signing contract. We're reading contracts. Like, I it's know it's crazy. so crazy. It's so um, crazy. Making like I had to call him back. Like, what's the stuff mean? Like, <laughs> I want to make sure that this is clear. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, really, really big um, for us. Uh, we're really, really excited. We got into this was, what two months ago now. Yeah. About two months. Barely a month. Like we launched the beginning of last month. Yeah, but I think we've done two episodes on one week or something like that. Okay. Um. So yeah, like we didn't know what to expect. We just trust God. We try to be obedient 
and doors are opening and there are more to follow. Uh, we've been talking about collaborating with other uh, podcasts as they've kind of grown. Guests having on. some guests uh, So there's, this is just the beginning. And so for those of you who've been with us, we definitely appreciate it. Um, continue to like and share. Uh, continue to comment. Um, it's just been a heck of a ride. And, so uh, far. We're enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Love you, babe. Love you, too. You're so dope. Yeah. We have a special uh, episode coming next week. We're right. We're not going to get into all the details. Yeah. Um, why are you doing that? What? What? Nothing. We got a special episode. We do have a special episode. Okay. We got a special episode coming. So um, be sure to be on the lookout for that. Yes, indeed. And uh, that's all I got. Yeah, I'm done too. All right, well. Kind of hungry. <laughs> so you going to eat real food? I don't know, probably not. Uh, well, hey, doesn't my wife look great? She's been working so hard. Um, potentially <laughs> too hard. <lately>. I know! <laughs> um, ran into a bit of an issue while we were working out together last night. I know. Uh, so I like, pray for her. Yeah, um, my my calf muscle, it's, it's not doing too good, yeah. man. It's, it's... They don't know if she got Kevin Durant it or what. <laughs> um, not Katie. Uh, but yeah, keep her in her prayers. But uh, she's working really, really hard. I'm super proud of her. Oh, um, thanks, babe. She's been closing those rings and making me look <laughs> bad, but that's okay. That is okay. Um, and also, shout out to her. I don't know if I've actually done this enough. Um, my birthday was a couple of days ago. She's been doing a great job. Um, just absolutely taking this thing. I am trusting her, and she hasn't let me down yet. Um, so I've been very appreciative of everything that you've been doing. Aww. I look forward to what's to come and uh, putting the pressure on me for the summertime. Her birthday. It's her birthday. Uh, so, yeah, God's been good. My wife's been great, and uh, we love you all.